The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. I'm so grateful to be here, and um, I feel really honored that she would ask me to share, and, um, and I'm very excited, too, to be here. Sorry, I, like, it's too loud. Just like this is good. Okay. I need a way to make my screen stay on longer. What do I do? Yes. Can you do it for me real quick? Because I literally, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, while she's doing that, um, I just wanted to share, like, I have three things that I'm hoping the Lord will speak to you tonight. One is a message of hope that God's, you know, God sees you and he already has a plan. Number two is a message about trusting him, doing what he says and trust his leading and trust his ways. And three, I'm hoping that you will be encouraged to learn his voice. Um, prophetic voices, words from others over you um, or his voice to you personally, he wants to talk to you and his words for others. Uh, take a chance. You know, don't be afraid to get it wrong when God shows you something about somebody. So those are my three things I'm hoping that God will open up for you. All right. First uh, Kings 17. Pretty much, right, my bra is like completely exposed. It's so tacky, so ridiculous. I'm taking it off though. You know what? <laughs> I hide it. It's such a cute dress though, you know? But I'm like, oh, it's so low. I can't wear like a, a bra that's like not gonna be supportive and like, I try to pretend, you know, and just keep the jacket on. Okay, it's there. Y'all know it's there already. Okay. Don't make me do it. Seriously. <laughs> she knows I'm strong-willed. Okay, so this message God put in my heart years ago in Washington, which is super cool. And... Um, I know that it will be a message that will be continually and be in my heart and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to share it more and more. Um, but so in 1 Kings 17, um, I'll just read it to you. 
And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, oh wait, hold on, sorry. What? Where does it say that it's for seven years? Sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> what? I thought it said right there. Sorry, I'm just trying to find it. These years. Did I read like a different version or something? <laughs> Maybe it was a detail I missed. It is, right? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, wait. Okay, so I have it right here in my notes. The drought was for seven years, but I'm just like, wait. I thought it said it right there. Anyways, y'all, the drought was for seven years. Okay? God speaks to Elijah and directs him to go to Brook Cherith. And he said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you. I don't know about you, but if I thought I heard the Lord say that birds are going to feed me, I probably would think I ate something bad, right? So um, anyways, it says here, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Um, so he went and he did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by Brook Cherith, which flows into Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. He must have trusted the Lord and the Lord's, uh, because the Lord said, birds are going to feed you. But he went and he trusted. Um, when God says, and I'm just going to read it, y'all. Like, it's just to keep my thoughts together. It's going to be kind of this reading thing, what I already wrote down. <laughs> okay. When God says he's going to take care of you, he will. He is not restricted by anything. If he wants birds to drop $100 bills onto your front porch, he can. If he wants angels to bring food to your front door, he will. And I do know a story of that, a friend who was a missionary and um, is an orphanage. And literally every morning she just prayed and people just came and dropped food off. You know, she'd wake up and there it is. And angels would bring food. So, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so he can do anything, y'all. And uh, so where is your faith? You have to trust that he will do what he says. Okay. Okay. Verse 5 through 7, um, the ravens, you know, brought him food and steak, right? Uh, that's pretty cool. But he, so he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Um, the brook dried up. How do you think Elijah responded? How would you respond? So like, you know, God speaks to you this amazing word that birds are going to feed you. It's happening. You're like, wow, awesome. I'm drinking. Then all of a sudden, you know, the river dries up. Um, 
All of a sudden, the angels stopped coming to, the, to drop off food at your front door. Uh, I wonder how long he had to wait until God spoke next. What kinds of things would go through our head if the blessing all of a sudden stopped? I know what I would think. I would panic. I would instantly go inward and wonder what I did wrong. Um, so then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise. Uh, so now we're going to get to the widow part. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm not really eloquent. Was it elo eloquent? Is this okay? Are y'all following me? This feels really awkward, but I'm just going. Okay. See, I, okay. Anyways, um, so the, dry, the, the brook is right up, right? And I'm just, you know, we're thinking, like, what's happening? And, um, but it, then the, word, the Lord spoke again to him. He said, go, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Um, Y'all, my thing keeps like, I should have just printed this out. Like the keyboard keeps popping up. And I lose my place. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so see, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Think about that for a second. He had already commanded, he had already put in place a provision for Elijah and for the widow. Um, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a, in a cup that I may drink. Um, uh, so the drought was for seven years. Here's a widow with her son, and she was devastated. The Bible says that she was picking up sticks, gathering sticks for her last meal, and then she would die. That is what she thought. Can you imagine, like, the feeling of hopelessness, not being able to provide for your child, um, death being imminent? She must have been hysterical either hysterical or completely numb. Um, tragedy hurts us. The pain is real. And I mean, honestly, like, I just, so many times I think about her in the field, you know, bending over and just like, you know, every stick. You know she was probably weak because she was probably giving him as much food as she probably, you know, just barely eating herself. Um, just weak, tired, hysterical. I mean, I just don't even, it's, she also lost her husband, right? She's not only, is she about to die and she can't provide for a child, she lost her husband. Who knows who else what she lost in the drought. Uh, she was bent over. How many of you are bent over right now, grieving in fear, not sure how you'll make ends meet. Not sure how a loved one's sickness will turn out. Or maybe you're just broken and hurting from your past. All right, now we're getting to the good part. In this place of hurt and grief, this widow had no idea 
that the Lord had already spoken a word over her life. Ladies, I'm here to say God has spoken over your life. There are words that you have not even heard yet, and he has good things in store for you. Um, It says again, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And as and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So as she's bent over picking up sticks, right, just completely hopeless. She has no idea that a word already spoke. There was already a, something in, in motion over her life, you know? And that's what I'm here to tell you in this really messy, sloppy way, is that God has spoken over y'all. He's spoken over you. you. You haven't even heard all of what he has for you. You know, there's words that are already there. There's plans that are already there. Promises that are already there. So, you know, you have what you've already known, but there's also more. And, um, you know, she had no idea. And see, God sees you. He knows, God sees you. He knows you. And he knows what you're going through. He's perfectly capable to provide for you in ways that you may have never thought of. Um, it reminds me of, that reminds me of a story where, you know, having four kids and homeschooling, so I wasn't working, living in California, well, Washington and back to California. It's like we were just broke all the time, like all the time. And we felt like the Lord called us to Texas, and so we moved here with literally nothing. And except a job. My husband came. He got a job before we moved out. So we figured, you know, we'd get a house after a couple years. Maybe we could save a deposit, all that. Well, anyways, long story short, um, we got a house right away because there was a no money down loan. My husband is a mortgage 
processor, so he knows these things, no. Um, but yeah, so we found that out, we're like, what? So we got our first house, and then, of course, you know, after like two years, I'm like, I want a farm. So we buy a farm. But what you don't know is that like, you know, all the years that we had already been married, it was always like a struggle, always trying to figure out how to make money, how to make money, you know, trying these little businesses, you know, spam emailing all my friends, like try this new, no, it's not network marketing, you know. <laughs> um, anyways, you know, trying all these things to, to work and getting my hopes up. My husband and I always call it the carrot in front of the stick, you know, like just things just never really seemed to go as planned. Um, I mean, we always ate though, y'all, right? We always ate. And, um, but so anyways, we moved to Texas and we moved to this, so that's like my lifestyle of like constantly, and plus like just the way my mind works, I'm always trying to like invent things, always trying to see how things can be better, like just creative in that way, right? And um, starting things, you know, starting new little businesses. Um, but when we moved to the farmhouse, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And he said, you're going to make money here, but I don't want you to think about it. And so I, and I know God spoke it to me, right? And so I did nothing but think about it, like obviously, right? You know, but it was always like, well, no, I'm not really thinking about it. This thought just popped in my head. I mean, this could be it, right? Like maybe we're supposed to grow lavender. Maybe we're supposed to have a, yep, we're going to have a petting zoo. Oh, we're going to, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things, and I'm always like excusing it as, well, I wasn't really thinking about it. It just, you know, this could be the Lord. Oh, then we're going to buy, we're going to um, build RVs. Like, so if you, you know, <laughs> no. No, but seriously, like, we thought about it and thought, you know, all this, I planned, I spoke to um, engineers, I spoke, to, I went to the city, like, it was crazy. The Lord was very clear. He said, you're going to make money here, I don't want you to think about it. And although I, you know, kind of was like, well, that's not really, I don't, I, I think that this is really what he meant, though, you know, like, this is, you know, I didn't really come up with it myself, but I did, and it's wasted a lot of time, unfortunately. And we never built the RV lots. We never grew lavender. Um, just we sold the house, y'all. We sold the house for like double the amount. Okay. Um, it was a lot, you know, and it was like a huge blessing. <laughs> God kept His word. He knew what He was talking about. And I look back and I go, gosh, if I just didn't think about it, just, wow, that would have really, like, been cool. Yes, spend more time with just the kids and having fun and not just that they're trying to measure out lots for RVs. But anyway, so, yeah, we, moved, we sold the farmhouse, which was good, and that was the blessing. So where am I? because I was not part of it. I just feel like I should share that. Oh yeah, so he's capable of providing for you in ways that you may have never thought of. Jeremiah 29, 11, NIV version. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you hope in a future. He has healed you and he will continue to heal you from every past hurt. He came to heal the brokenhearted, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to console the mourners in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of despair. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Not only is he doing this for you, his spirit's upon you to bring healing to others. Jesus says he will never leave you or forsake you, never. Hebrews 13.5 in the NIV says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And then in the, in the New Living Translation, I like that one too. It says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have for God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. Um, one of the first, when I first got saved when I was 21, uh, I got radically saved and uh, my life really turned around and I you know, went to Bible college and everything. And one of the first lessons of trusting God was um, here I'm in Bible college and I have roommates and you know, I have barely any money, just enough to survive, right? And um, I had my rent money, cash, and it was like 400 bucks, right, for share a room with someone. And I'm at church, and they were taking an offering for Africa. And I'm in the back, and I, I know the Lord said, give $100. I was like, what? Like, that's my rent money. I'm like, oh, my gosh, but that's the Lord. And I'm like, yes, Lord, right? So I'm like, okay, put it in there. Then next, that was Sunday, Monday, Bible college, I walk in. Nobody saw me do this. Like, I literally just put the cash in, you know. I walk into Bible college, and um, the secretary goes, oh, Heather, here, this is for you. Someone dropped this off for you. It was an envelope, and I'm like, oh, okay. I open it up, it's 100 bucks, right? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it just was so, that was like the beginning, you know, of hearing, obeying, and like, the awesome outcome, you know, like the, the coolness factor, right, of like serving a living God. And um, so that was pretty cool. Another one was, uh, another time was another $100. I was like, that would be so cool if I could find $100. And <laughs> like I walked into my house, like literally the same day, and there was another envelope, $100. And no, anonymous, it's so cool. Um, it's just so cool though, because I found out who dropped the money off, but not who it was from. But my friend Peter, he's like, yeah, I was at, I can't tell you whose house I was at, but they just randomly came up to me and said, hey, can you go, go drive this to Heather's house? Like the fact that probably right when I was like going, gosh, Lord, that'd be so cool if I found, you know what I mean? The Lord's like, puts it on so-and-so's heart. And then they obeyed, right? Anyways pretty cool. Um, 
One other story really quick, a little fun story before I share what else God wanted me to share with you was um, just like another one about hearing and providing and everything was my grandma gave me a car and I was in Bible college and I was so excited about this little car, right? Because here I am like roommates, like there's no place that's just mine, but my car was mine. You know that feeling when it's like your own space. So I was like loving my car so much and um, I'm in Bible college. It's super hot that day, right? Like scorching hot. Well, I, someone gave me like a free car wash, right? And so like a poor college student that was like, oh, can't wait to wash my car, right? Free. And the, the, um, the gas station was literally right there, right next door to the church. So literally like the whole, like in school, I'm excited to wash my car. <laughs> so weird, right? Well, anyways, I get out of school. I go straight to the car wash. And um, I hear the Lord, don't go through the car wash, no. And I'm like, no. Again, don't go through, don't. I'm like, that is not the Lord, that is me. But you know that feeling where you're like, but why? Like, no, that's me, that's me, okay, no, no because I wanted to go so bad, right? And I'm like, again, like, no. And I'm just, I couldn't rationalize it. I was like, why? This, this can't be God, because why? That makes no sense. He loves me. He's not weird. He's not, like, trying to punish me. Like, what is going on? So I'm like, nah. So I go through the car wash. As soon as the water hits my windshield... I had a little tiny hole, <laughs> cracks, right? And I'm just like, he was literally just trying to spare me of a broken window. Like, he's so practical. But he didn't tell me. He just wanted me to trust him. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And it was just like one of those stories that I'll always carry with me, just that, you know what, sometimes we don't understand, but just obey, you know? If it's not like. You got to go? What? Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, let me, just this part real quick. Is it okay? Yeah? But no. Are you sure? Okay, let me ask you a couple questions, though, because before we break out into our questions, your number one question here says, where are you picking up the sticks in your life? So really fast, I want you to explain, what does that mean? So, like, the lady, the widow was picking up sticks, so when you're asking us, what are the sticks, where are you picking up the sticks in your life? What does that mean? So that we know we can, how to answer the question. Like, where are you hopeless? You know, she was picking up sticks for her last meal. She was believing something, you know, to be true that wasn't, that that was her last meal. She was going to die. You know, where are you hopeless? Where are you feeling? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Maybe we can come back to that. But because we end up talking a lot at our tables, so, um, okay. So ladies, your table leader has your list of questions. And so the first one, I already, I already gave it away. Where are you picking up the sticks in your life? So what is happening in your life where you're hopeless? So um, we're going to talk for about 20 minutes, and then I have our prizes.
the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.